0: This week on the podcast, we are talking with Carisha Martinez, our digital advertising whaler, and myself on this internal Whole Whale podcast talking about COVID trends, opportunities, and strategies that we frankly wanted to gather together and discuss uh, because they're so top of mind right now. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is george weiner your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com thanks for joining us hey carisha
1: hey george how you doing
0: you know what i like about the first piece of every conversation that we have these days is how are you doing i think (laughs) i think a lasting effect to just jump into trend is that how are you doing is gonna actually mean something to the people of this generation in a way that like it just didn't before. Because when you say, how are you doing? It's like, how is your family doing? How is your health doing? How is your mental state working from home and everything that entails doing? And like people like wait and hear the answer. And I think in terms of looking at this apocalyptic tragedy we're going through right now, I, I like looking for bright spots. And so, Carisha, I'll ask you, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm in good health. My family's in good health. I'm still employed. <laughs> so <laughs> life is great right now.
0: <laughs> it's all about the Delta. Um, it's all about the Delta. I, I know though, um, you actually dealt with a little bit of COVID in your ecosystem though. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Um, my stepdad had the coronavirus, um, tested positive and everything. Um, it was it was rough it started with just like a cough a cold really high fevers he talked about feeling a little like he's hallucinating a little bit after a couple of days we sent him to the er where he stayed for like five or six days and when he came back he was like totally quarantined like nobody could stay in the room with him my mom had to like play nurse and like bring up all his food and everything that he needed He's good now. Um, He's been quarantined for about three weeks. So we feel like that's a good amount of time for him to come back to the rest of everybody. But yeah, he lost a lot of weight. It was, it was tough, but he's doing a lot better now and higher spirits. No fever, no cough. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's hitting, if you don't know somebody, you know, somebody who knows somebody and it's, it's going to continue to happen. And so it's, I think, you know, anytime we're, you know, talking about business or interviewing people uh, it's important to know that within a 1 degree of connection they or someone they know are is absolutely going through something and yet we you know we soldier on so thank you for continuing to show up to work and I'm I'm also glad that we have jobs karisha
1: yeah that's always the silver lining right
0: so i want to come back to a big thought on the the trends and opportunities as we go through this in a quote from The Obstacle is the Way, the Timeless Art of Turning Adversity into Advantage by Ryan Holiday. Uh, The quote is, the obstacle in the path becomes the path. Never forget, within every obstacle is an opportunity to improve our condition. I am a firm believer that while this is terrible, there are tremendous opportunities uh, if we're willing to look at it and find it in the right way. And so Um, First, I want to say in terms of trends, some of the the downward pressure that we're beginning to see across clients and the sector is that there's going to be a reduction in giving. The New York Times on uh, April 16th put out uh, an initial chart of the change in spending from 2019 for the weeks ending in April 1st to the present up leading to current Corona time frame showing things like uh, general merchandise and e-commerce increasing food delivery up 50% video streaming up like 45% and then on the negative side people spending money on obviously movie theaters airlines and cruises are down like 98% 70% but charitable giving also snuck into that chart and I it definitely threw a flag for me uh, because that seemed to be around like 35% down on on trends Karisha. You know, can you give me any sort of stories or anecdotes you've seen across, you know, some of our clients or nonprofits you've seen in terms of fundraising hits?
1: Yeah, I think the first that comes to mind is with one of our clients who does some Facebook fundraisers. Usually we see maybe one to two, even three a week, but within the past half, there haven't been any new ones. They're also like Zodiac sign themes, So maybe there just aren't many (laughs) Tauruses happening right now. Um, but yeah, I've definitely seen that decline. And even in the Facebook fundraisers that we have had, there haven't been as many gifts, and the gifts have been a bit lower than usual.
0: Yeah, there's a cooling off for sure. You know, the other big trend we've seen is the cancellation of events and mm-hmm. a lot of fundraisers, spring fundraisers for uh, almost, I, I can't even keep count anymore, all of our clients seemed to have had to have canceled uh, an event to last minute sort of be like, ah, can we get away with, you know, doing a different version of this, a safer version, we'll have hand sanitizer. And like, they're they're getting canceled and so too is the expected revenue from that. And so, you know, that that sadly also is another trend on it. And that includes the sort of peer-to-peer fundraising ecosystem of every run, bike, walk, of these gatherings of folks that raise money with these traditional events. Uh, And and we're losing those. Um, One thing uh, in terms of, you know, opportunities and things to prepare for, I'd say, is I don't think this is going away anytime soon. And gatherings of over 100 people, if that's what your event relies on, if you're preparing for a sudden fall miraculous comeback of our ability to congregate in large numbers, uh, I would say that's suspect. There is a huge risk. To that and so right now the opportunity would be how do we plan ahead so we make this a virtual fundraising event um, and whatever that means uh, what do you think about that creation
1: yeah and I think it's surprising that there aren't more platforms that cater to virtual fundraising events um, one thing that I've loved that's happening right now is a lot of like freelancers who are maybe artists or dancers or fitness people are turning to Instagram live and showing off and showcasing their talents, um, in order to get some sort of income, um, it's not necessarily fundraising, but I think there's definitely some correlations that organizations can definitely take from.
0: Yeah. So let's jump to that trend too. Cause, um, you know, one thing, uh, we see has, has been a, a shift to, uh, organizing in digital impact and the sole, like, idea of saying, like, well, wait a minute, we used to provide these in-person engagements, this person-to-person activity. How do we digitize it? Uh, One group, uh, I have to say, I have insider knowledge of, because I am married to their chief program officer, is One Love Foundation. One Love Foundation working to uh, end relationship uh, violence, improve relationship health uh, of people, specifically young people, Uh, high school and college age and they had these amazing in-person sort of viewing and discussion groups that they they did and like all of a sudden overnight like you can't walk into a school and bring together 300 kids so what they've started doing are these regular scheduled thematic webinars that that offer the same type of uh uh, viewing and discourse opportunities. Um, and they're doing it over Zoom and they're like, you know, they're oversubscribed uh, and they, they they turn this around almost overnight and uh, wow. are, are having decent success with it. So your point is well taken, right? Like if you were in the business of cutting hair, of teaching people music, of dancing, of whatever it was, like you're scrambling to do that. And I think nonprofits have to, have to follow in suit.
1: Yeah. And I also wonder how long it'll be until a competitor comes up to Zoom and is like, hey, we also provide web calls, webinars, all of that, but you can also digitally fundraise. Um, it should be interesting to see a little bit of competition. Yeah, um, I know there's like Microsoft Teams, but it's not the same.
0: <laughs> you got the Hangouts, you have, you know, uh, all these different platforms, but that's an interesting point. So Facebook Fundraising Live has that feature for your nonprofit mm-hmm. if you wanted to run a Facebook Live event and do that. Uh, clearly it's a one-to-many it's not like a many-to-many in the sort of nature of like we're having a conversation Uh, Mm -hmm. i've seen people using zoom backgrounds with like their paypal links on it or their venmo links on it we have tons of like content on like helping your nonprofits set up a business account for venmo and, and and tossing that up there uh to to accept funds on that so that's that's an interesting point and it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad about Whole Whale University. This is our best online content packaged in courses. We're talking SEO, content marketing, Google ad grants, cybersecurity, and tons of webinars and other templates for you to use. You can buy them individually or as an annual subscription. Uh, we really put our best work in here. And if you're interested in the topics in this podcast that we tend to cover, we go a mile deep with these courses. That's wholewhale.com slash university let's see what other trends do you want to pull up for us Carisha
1: I feel like it's always important to bring up the work from home fatigue Mm. I just I really resonate with that I don't live in New York I live in New Jersey um, but I also live with six other people (laughs) which is a lot (laughs) my mom she's a speech language pathologist um, so she's on calls all day doing telehealth my stepdad is a psychologist with the DOE, so he's always there making calls. And it's it's a lot. My family is usually very loud, so to be to have to keep quiet all day, let each other know about different times of different meetings, scavenging for food every couple hours is, is a very new lifestyle for us. Um, and it's it's kind of hard. It's, we've become very cranky people.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I can say um, anybody who has got a child uh, has just opened up a daycare center for themselves and education center and have been given a whole new full-time job. And I'm literally like muting in between like crying children in the background. It's it's very real. And so what we're going to see in terms of let's get back to like as a trend is if you have a large swath of the population going through this, there are going to be Opportunities for your nonprofit to step in and at, at least empathize with the parents in the audience, in the people who are you know living with a number of other relatives. Like many of our staff have gone home with their parents, and now they're like living in a space that wasn't necessarily designed to have all of those humans there. So, how does your nonprofit consider that in your messaging to your stakeholders, making that appeal and and, and shaping that? And we're gonna we're gonna start to touch more and more on our COVID-adjacent communication strategies. And and I also hope, you know, Carish and I will be talking to more and more nonprofits about how they are adjusting that framing, but that is a big pain point. And we think about our audience's pain points when uh, we craft our strategies, our campaigns, and our asks. And if you're getting in the mindset, like that is the mindset right now.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say, the positive part I think that I love is just being able to spend more time with family. I don't know if that's what you were going to say, but... I don't think I've ever spent this much time with my family, and it's good and bad. They're kind of annoying sometimes, but I really cherish this time, and I don't know maybe if you feel like you weren't you wouldn't have been able to spend as much time with your kids as before. but I think that kind of family aspect can get can definitely be some type of messaging in terms of virtual fundraising, uh, keeping up with family activities in terms of email asks. I think there's definitely a way to spin that.
0: Yeah, our activities—putting out a free guide uh, mm-hmm. around what you can do with your kids around a cause—you uh, mm-hmm. know, we just went through Earth Day not too long ago, and the opportunity to say, "Hey, here's a here's a resource that you may find valuable." And guess what? You know, two, three, four months down the road, when it's time to give, it may also help in that narrative for for them remembering that you were you know being helpful and putting something out there. On the topic of Earth Day, one positive trend uh, is that uh, we're seeing a projected reduction in carbon emissions, 6% globally, 25% projected in China. Uh, And these are just early estimates. And this is coming from carbonrelief.org, but also like common sense, no one's flying, no one's driving. Uh, We're being actually a lot more efficient at home uh, by doing this. So, you know, ironically, since it's founding in 1970, Earth Day, you know, we'll probably have the lowest emissions on an Earth Day in, in all of history. So that's a positive thing.
1: Yeah, the Earth living a little longer is always a positive thing. Um, but I think it. a lot of things on like Twitter and TikTok I'm really a fan of are saying that um, the earth is healing, like humans are the virus. But I feel like that we haven't really put our attention and focus into finding ways to live lives that would be more helpful and protective of the earth. If we can work from home more or even avoid driving some more, there are definitely ways that the earth can be less polluted.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, forced to agree and then in terms of this, the the danger can potentially be that like, oh well, we solved this. And so for environmental organizations listening out there, be like, oh, I'm using less. The complacency is the enemy here. And and by the way, if you are deep in this field, frankly, you happen to know that we would need a COVID-like event every single year for the next decade to avoid the 1.5 degrees Celsius change that was anticipated for for our good old planet Earth. But it's it's interesting if you're communicating in, in that ecosystem. The next point, you know, Carisha and I were were joking about still having our jobs, which, you know, delightful we have our jobs still and should continue to, uh, is that we're tracking past 20% unemployment. You know, I think this has a massive trickle down impact potentially on giving um, and what your expectations should be. And so just, you know, off the bat, you should be looking at your overall annual giving and say, you know what, if we have 20% unemployment and uh, essentially for at least a entire quarter of the economy has effectively been shut down, it is rational to say, hey, let's just give our our financial budget that we planned for in the early fiscal year a 25% haircut, just, just off of the top, uh, because this is going to have huge impacts. Yes, people are getting stimulus checks. Yes, people are getting uh, very, you know, sort of fair amounts from their... Um, you know unemployment checks, but like the first thing you're thinking of is not necessarily donations. When you're in a Maslow hierarchy of needs, of shelter, of food, the higher order thinking of self-actualization in the Maslow, if you remember it, that's where giving ends up tends to be up there. So um, you know that that sort of feeds into that that haircut. On the plus side, opportunity. <laughs> damn, damn it! On the plus side for this, uh, I will say that. This is a great time that like, you know, nonprofits actually financially don't follow markets in the same way. During 2008, they didn't see the same hit that other groups did. Certainly it was down, but it it doesn't track in the same way that the S&P or Dow Jones does. And in fact, if you are hiring right now, uh, this can be a great time to uh, find uh, top talent if you have the cash flow. Because of this unemployment rate, frankly, there's a lot of talent uh, out there that can be scooped up, and so if you have that job description, like remember, it takes you know easily six to twelve months to find a C-suite level person. You know, if you have a grant coming in the future and you think it's coming, it may be worth to see who's out there and, and push some of those jobs uh, on sites like Idealist.org. Definitely. And by the way, I think salary negotiation negotiations look a little different right now. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> What have you seen around the, the sort of unemployment trends and uh, nonprofit uh, job pieces, Karisha?
1: Yeah, um, not necessarily nonprofit related, but definitely a lot of layoffs, um, especially for people who are in my graduating class, um, who just kind of started at their entry level position, really taking a big cut all over LinkedIn, um, looking for jobs and sales, marketing, etc. On the flip side, I feel like, especially for younger people in the job market, I think it's definitely an opportunity to explore different job opportunities, job options, job fields. Oftentimes, one of the biggest fears is falling into a job and just not knowing how you end up there for 10 years. Um, So maybe this is a push to follow a dream you never really thought about.
0: Yeah. You just think about it like you're just, you were just standing there and suddenly lightning struck. You. You're like, I thought that was a pretty safe career choice I was choosing. And all of a sudden the the rules of engagement change overnight. One thing to consider, you know, you're talking about, Hey, use this as an opportunity for self-improvement. One opportunity and strategy that we see for nonprofits in this uh, sense is like, consider the fact that, you know, like one in five people just lost their job. Um, what does, job training look like in the context of how your organization provides services? What does resume help? What does interview prep? What does uh, online course potentially, online course creation look for your organization if you're developing things? You know, shameless plug for Howell University, which has many courses on helping you understand digital marketing analytics uh, in the nonprofit sector, which happens to be hiring, uh, this could be an opportunity for your organization to Create that package that serves the the audience of people potentially looking for jobs um, in this you know probably extended period of time. All right, what else do we have, Karisha, on our on our list of items that we wanted to to share in this uh, we'll call COVID rambling?
1: Something that's kind of near and dear to my heart are ads (laughs) inventory going down a bit, which as you I've heard you talk about before may help the Google Ad Grant one because the Google Ad Grant is usually bottom of the list when it comes to being served in terms of paid ads. Regular paid Google search ads usually come to the top. So if ads budgets are down, then maybe our Google ad grants will have more spend coming up, more clicks, click-through rate and hopefully more impact um, as we go down our funnel of engagement.
0: Yeah, just as a reminder that, that as a reminder, the Google ad grant um, is the free $10,000 in search advertising given to 501 C3s that qualify ultimately showing up after all of the official paid ads on Google search. What we're seeing pretty much across the board and logically is there are fewer advertisers, right? If there are no longer events, cruise lines, airlines, uh, if there are no longer many little local service shops and restaurants advertising on these platforms as small businesses, it's a marketplace. And it's a competitive marketplace where the position is in part based on how many people want to pay to show up for the search result uh, you know, local activities. Well, if that's decreasing and you have local activities and budget to spend, well, you're probably going to show up. Uh, more prominently, you if you are paying to play on these platforms, you're gonna be getting a better price than before, um, which is wild because we were at the beginning of this year anticipating the exact opposite happening because we were in a political like cycle unlike none other, with more money being spent on digital than ever before. we were um, you know gonna be seeing and anticipating more ads around the the census and taking up that type of channel and, Instead, it's, you know, it's it's all COVID all the time and, and a lot less actually on the inventory side, which may present opportunities for your nonprofit to catch value uh, in a pay-to-play environment or a Google ad grant scenario. Another one that I wanted to talk about in here are what I'm going to call stampede grants. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I, every week, hear about yet another, you know, uh, organization, federal, state, city, foundation, or you know, rando billionaire opening up their like fund to fix everything, and then there's a stampede which inevitably crashes the website, and and they effectively run out in the first 24 hours of whatever money they have. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's like you kind of have to be a part of it because it's you know a prisoner's dilemma. If you don't, they will. And so I'm calling these stampede grants because they form a giant stampede. We kind of like you know, can waste our time on these like forms that are crashing and, and, and pieces, but uh, they are absolutely a trend and it's going to continue to happen. And uh, the Fed just uh, went ahead, Congress just went ahead and approved another uh, small PPP loan. The, the payroll protection is getting, is getting more more funds, which does apply. The PPP does apply to nonprofits. The PPP loan, if you haven't already, like, you know, put your hat in the ring. It's a forgivable loan. If you're keeping your staff at the right level based on the, the rules there. Um, and it's worth, you know, checking out for your organization. I will say I I've, I've may may have had a couple angry Twitter tirades that um, organizations unable to keep their websites up. This is just ridiculous. Yeah. No, you, knew you, you knew it was coming.
1: You knew it was <laughs> coming. You have one job. <laughs> <laughs> you had one job.
0: You had one job. A web form. Use Google Forms. Okay. Um, uh, is there one you want to pick up on in here, Carisha?
1: Yeah. Let's look at this quarantine versus reopen rallies, lockdown protests that are happening. Basically, people are upset that they have to stay home, wanting to go out, wanting to work, and rightfully so if you've been laid off for whatever reason and you're not, the government isn't giving you any relief in that kind of sense. It's very helpless. It's a helpless feeling to have to sit home and do nothing while rent is still being collected, bills are still needing to be paid. So a lot of people have been protesting to have the states reopen with some kind of convoluted messaging around it. Thinking of this quarantine as stripping them of their human rights, um, relating it to slavery at some point, which is hard and sad to see. Um, But at the same time, health is important. And if it means that people will survive by staying home, then I think that's more of a governmental issue that needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah, the Daily on 422 had an episode about the protests and the the backing of it coming from, like they didn't have to work very hard to find uh, many Republican donors backing that and law firms that are directly connected to the president connecting to that um, as part of the backing here's what I see happening as a trend that's important to pay attention to because the new rift that will arise it will be the economic versus the human welfare arguments of go back mm-hmm. you know go back to work open up versus like letting uh, vulnerable populations suffer as a result of that and at a certain point economics mm-hmm. uh, will have to win out but it's at what point we want to do that and it will be politicized. And unfortunately, driven along somehow party lines again, um, where this will intensify more and more, suck more oxygen out of the room, um, and focus on you know libertarian arguments and thinly veiled funded efforts by whatever connection to the White House, whatever connection to the the, the RNC and RNC donors to to get things back open, so it looks better for a reelection attempt. Uh, of what's going on, but this is going to be a big battle. And so, my my recommendation is to stay the heck away from it as a nonprofit because I, I think it's too loaded and also presents risks. And no matter what side you're on, there are going to be people that, um, in the sort of unfair narrative of history, be able to go back and be like, "Well, you supported this and people died. Well, you supported this and the economy died." And you're like, "There are just no winners in this." And so, the the opportunity or strategy would be, I would say, stay away from that. And in terms of your Covid adjacent communication focus on the plight of your stakeholders and what they're going through. Shape whatever fundraising campaign you're planning around how it is helping uh, the people that are in in need. Um, I'm really excited. Karisha is going to be talking to a homelessness expert on on how uh, Covid is impacting our homeless population in our country. So I don't want to give too much away there. But yeah, I kind of like. Uh, I kind of choked a little bit as some of those protesters were calling themselves the Rosa Parks of uh, of this. And I was like, I feel this is very different.
1: <laughs> Got a little convoluted there. <laughs> Didn't exactly hit the mark.
0: We lost the thread. Okay. We have gone through, I think, almost almost all of this. Um One piece, as we, we look at disasters uh, and have seen in the past, is I, I think there's going to be Um, Yes, an overall drop in in U.S. giving, but I think there's going to be a consolidation uh, of giving due to this disaster mindset. When there is a hurricane, when there is a tsunami, when there is a national event that coalesces attention and focuses it, so too does the dollars given in in that particular time frame. So think when there is a hurricane. Well, guess what? You know, the, the local Fox affiliate and NBC, whoever, They're out there and then saying, hey, by the way, text this to the Red Cross to give them money. And so in that world right now, we have a focusing of attention and there are certain nonprofits that are on the front lines of this. So coming back to the COVID adjacent communication and campaigning that you may want to be thinking about is how do you relate your cause to the front line work and the things that are top of mind and framing? So more, more tangibly, like, What is the COVID plus your term plus action page that you have and how you're saying like, this is our work in the context of this need, uh, because there's absolutely going to be a consolidation of giving. So it's not just the fact that we're going to see a 25% drop in potential annual giving. It's that Mm. of the 75% remaining, it's probably going to fall along a power law of disproportionate giving toward people on the front line. Mm. All right, that's my that's my hot take. I haven't I haven't formalized any any firm numbers on like what that is, uh, because I, I feel like numbers change every every day.
1: Especially these days. Numbers are climbing and falling with every second passing.
0: All right. Any other trends and opportunities that you see, Carisha, that we should bring up? We had a little handy list. We were trying to be organized today.
1: No, I think Good. you've covered all of them. Um, I don't think you answered. How are you doing?
0: How am I doing? Uh, yeah. I'm super stressed. Um, I feel like my my hair length, like how high it's up. My The team always jokes about like how stressed I am it is like directly corollary to like how many times I go like this. Um, <laughs> you know, we got some things in the works. But in me personally, uh, it's it's really hard chasing our, our two kids around um, and doing that. And like babies crying in the background and not being able to like have dedicated focus work. Uh, I've been working a lot at night. So like mm-hmm. when they go to sleep, I go back to work and I, you know, you just feel like you don't get a breath.
1: Yeah,
0: um, exactly. and then like at the same token, like in my mind constantly is like making sure that, am I working as hard? Am I thinking as well mm-hmm. as I can to make sure I ensure the the jobs of every whaler uh, is protected? Like, so it's like, you know, I'm getting more used to it, but there's, there's, um, there's stress, I'll say. I'll keep yeah. my hair down. How about that?
1: <laughs> day by day. Day by day is what I keep telling myself.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I'm excited. We're putting out this podcast episode. Just um, We may do more of these back and forths, uh, but we're going to be looking at a lot more content when we talk to our guests about how they are addressing their COVID-adjacent communication and adapted strategies because I think it is one thing to talk about it and one thing to hear actual stories of what's working in the field. We're excited to be bringing that to you. Uh, We may also be doing spotlight episodes where sponsors are coming in and saying, Hey, uh, can you look at this, uh, this one piece? And and guess what? We're doing everything possible to make sure we are feeding the whales here. And sometimes we will have potential spotlight episodes. If you have content um, that you'd like us to cover um, Mm -hmm. around uh, something that you think will be relevant to our nonprofit audience, uh, feel free to reach out and you know where to find us. Uh, at, at Whole Whale. We're all our first name at Whole Whale if you want to ever chase us down. And Karisha, thank you so much. I'm glad that your stepfather is doing better and uh, that you are you are maintaining a base level of sanity in a house uh, with that many folks running around.
1: Yeah, day by day. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: All right, this has been episode number 173, right, Croatia? We decided number 173. You can find resources, as always, at wholewhale.com slash podcast. And yes, this will be on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, leave leave a comment. We reply to them, usually. Let us know how you're doing. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at Whole Whale. And thanks for joining us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for the awesome background sound. gregthomasmusic.org, go check them out. I hope wherever you are, you are safe, happy, and well. If you have a minute and you have enjoyed this podcast at all, please consider leaving us a rating on whatever device or network you are listening on. I appreciate it. Thanks.